We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Charles, how are you today? Always love talking to you. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How you doing? Hi, Charles. We are doing good. All right. Are the Browns done making trades? You got to tell me. Deion well, Jones. signing again. somebody. Yeah. What else? What else could they be doing to this roster? Yeah, I don't think I, I, I they're going to be active. You know, um, I think Andrew Barry will make calls through the trade deadline. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised that they poke around on defensive line. And I look, here's the thing. It, I don't think there's a clear um, signal yet of who's going to be available. And I think part of the problem is so many teams are, kind of at the watermark you know it's like everybody's two and two or you know two and three everybody's like right there and and you don't have a lot of teams that are sitting there going yeah you know what we're gonna we're just gonna fire sale it at this point we kind of feel like it's over and it it, you know it's gonna take a couple more weeks before I think we get there even the Carolina Panthers like this was really interesting I was talking to somebody with the Browns about the Panthers I was like you know are they gonna fire sale this thing and and are there calls to be made there and uh the indication I got was Right now, the feeling is it's it, if you want to take a bad contract, great. <laughs> like if you want, you know, do you want CMC's deal? Do you want um, Robbie Anderson? You know, Robbie Anderson's been available with the Panthers going back into the off season, and there haven't been any takers. And Christian McCaffrey, I don't think anybody wants to pick up a running back deal with a guy that is perpetually injured or right on the fringe of it. So um, even even a team like the Panthers, where the the coach gets fired, and it feels like there's movement to be had there. What do you really want to take on? So, um, if I were Browns fans, I'd I'd pay attention to um, teams that have quarterback issues, where it looks like they'll, uh, you know, be in the running to draft a guy um, in in the off season, and you know, look at the depth on on the defensive line. But I. Here's the thing, too. I also wouldn't just say – I think Andrew Barry believes they have an opportunity, especially with the way the season is going for the rest of the AFC North, to be in the mix um, when Deshaun Watson returns. He's going to be the starter the second he's available, and I think they feel like if they can still shore up certain parts of the roster, it's it's not going to be a season where they're – sitting here and going, yeah, we're, you know, we're okay with not making the postseason. They still want to be able to make a push. I think he'll improve the team wherever he can. Charles, last two games, the defense has just been gashed for yardage, running the yeah. football over 200 yards. Is it scheme? Is it personnel? What What is it? And if it's personnel, if it's personnel, how'd that, how'd that happen? 
Well, I think I think part of it is uh, okay. I, I do think part of it's personnel, and I think that okay. Let's I'll, I'll give you a good example. I think they thought like when when they signed Malik McDowell. I think they thought um, okay, his issues are behind him, and you know this is someone who is a low risk shot we're taking here, and it's going to end up being high end returns and. What ended up happening is, you know, there's there was a mental health situation there that was significant and that had not been resolved. And um, I think that was an example of a player that they rolled the dice on. It turned out to be a good thing until it wasn't. And um, he was a very valuable player for the very small snippet of time that they had him. And I think the thought was until things obviously went wrong in the off season um, was that he was going to be a longer term, you know, piece of their franchise. And, you know, so I think there's that, I think, honestly, look, um, I think the defensive coordinator would probably not be there right now. If someone had not gone to bat for him in the off season. Okay. I'll put it that way. I think that um, there was a discussion about making a change. And I think that, um, certain people inside the organization lined up made, you know, basically just said, let's give this another year, see if we can fix other aspects of, of the defense. Obviously you don't expect your defensive captain. You don't expect to lose your defensive captain to a season ending injury that hurts. But, um, you know, I think there are parts of the scheme that the thought process was, this can be a little bit better. The fundamentals can be a little bit better. And right now that, that hasn't all come to fruition. They still have a tackling problem. I think, um, I, I think the depth obviously on the defensive line isn't where they hoped it would be. Um, the injuries, uh, particularly, you know, to a, a linebacker that meant a lot to that defensive scheme hurt significantly. And, you know, at times, even the secondary, you know, you, I mean, you, you you pay money out and you hope that everybody's perfect, but you know even some of the money that's been devoted in the secondary, we've seen breakdowns there. So top to bottom, not where uh, the unit needs to be, and I would expect that it's going to continue to be addressed right through the trade deadline and um, in the off season if if something doesn't dramatically improve uh, going into the off season. I I just can't see an element of coaching change not happening there if this is how this is going to play out. Charles, if the guy who stepped up for the defensive coordinator happened to be the head coach, is that one in the minus column for the head coach? Uh, I mean, I'd rather just not even get into okay. the, the, you know, who lined up for who and, and you know, how it's being. I, I Look, I'll say this. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't like people were at loggerheads over this okay it wasn't like it was like a big uh like you know there's just this big power struggle internally over it okay i mean it's a discussion about what's what what's a weakness how can we resolve this um and and look even now i think they feel like and i and i actually think they're right i think if both defensive ends are healthy and, and what happened to the, the, you know, those two individuals over the course of, of the season so far hadn't happened. If, if everybody's on the field and healthy and playing every single game, that changes a little bit of, uh, you know, obviously some of these games where we've seen points scored and, and momentum shift. And it's nice to have 
edge rushers who are healthy and on the field. Now you can't, I mean, things happen. It was wild. I mean, particularly the miles Garrett situation is just like, I, I've, I mean, it's just like stunned. And, um, but in terms of, you know, coaching staff changes, it's always difficult, particularly with coordinators, you know, you to make those changes without, you know, having to lean into, what do your staff leaders believe? You know, what do, whether it's the head coach or the general manager or, you know, the owner or whoever else, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to just swap out um, coordinators. I know we all believe that that, that should be the case, but um, it's especially hard to do it when you sit there and you look at the talent base um, when they made the postseason. Um, when you look at the talent base, where, you know, there were times that the defensive line was particularly good um, a year ago, you know, uh, certain periods, and and some of that talent's no longer on the field, and you couldn't foresee that happening. Charles, you, did you hear any rumblings about maybe Kevin Stefanski giving up the play calling then? And, you know, and Alex Van Pelt seems to be – I mean, I don't know because I we just know he calls plays a little bit during the preseason, but if the defense is – ailing and the head coach is going to be in charge of everything and if the ship does start going down at the end of the season don't you want to make sure you've got some kind of imprint to make sure you can try to fix some things on defense I'm just wondering if you heard any rumblings about you know Kevin's role on the team and if Kevin maybe should be diving into the defense more than he does on game day yeah I haven't heard anything about you know changing changing anything in terms of like the play calling dynamics or um whether you know, there's this idea that they want Kevin to focus a little more, you know, on what, what's happening defensively. I, I, I think there is a different vantage internally than there is externally. I think that they, they can trace where they've seen the breakdowns happen. I I would say that, okay, certain things they're not happy with, like, you know, fundamental things, guys got to be able to tackle. Okay. You can't have missed tackles and, um, you know, when, when you have opportunities and you see momentum changes in games just because someone's not doing what, you know, fundamentally they're paid to do and taught to do, um, that is extremely frustrating. When when you're tracing it to, okay, well, we're missing certain pieces on the field and we know what, um, you know, our defensive captain brought to the table. I, the thing, it was, it was interesting because when that injury happened, I felt like externally people didn't react. I mean, internally it was really serious. I, I, I thought it was really, and it was interesting because I really, even from a reporting standpoint, I remember watching, um, I think it was like Michael Smith on, on Thursday night football. And he talked a little bit about it. And I kind of felt like he was the only one who was like, Hey, this is a flashing red light. Like this is really important. What just happened in this franchise. And, and there's going to be a price to pay here um, moving forward. I, I knew right then I'm like okay they're gonna there's there's going to be for sure some kind of a um, effort at picking somebody up you know to try and shore up the linebacker spot which um, obviously has occurred so you know again I, I I guess I just feel like internally they feel like they have a better grasp on why some of the problems are occurring whereas externally it's sort of the, the defensive coordinator stinks um, you know the scheme isn't right. Uh, why, you know, how come the talent isn't, you know, where's the depth or, 
you know, that we were supposed to have on the defensive line. And, you know, here's these players that are failing. And um, it's the, the line that was repeated back to me when I brought up fans and just being like, man, fans are really um, – when I put the thing out there about Deion Jones and just sort of saw the reaction and sort of the frustration – it surprised me a little bit because I'm like, huh, this is a situation where clearly you have people trying to make the team better in, you know, live in motion. And isn't that what a fan base would want? And you could see a segment of fans who were like, well, still this isn't right or that's not right. Or, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess <laughs> don't do the trade then don't, you know, try to fix this. And the response I got from inside the franchise was like, Hey man, fans short for fanatic. That's the way it goes. And you just roll with the punches and do what you can do and resolve it as you can. Charles Robinson joining us, Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer. Uh, I think we've all been fairly pleased with the play of Jacoby Brissett. There have been three moments that we haven't been. And it was when yeah. he had you know three chances to maybe win a game for the team and it didn't happen because he threw an interception. We, we've kicked this around a little bit, Charles. They've basically been about 50-50 run pass. And Jacoby has thrown 31 or more passes in four of the five games. If there's a team where you would think at some point they might say, hey, we're throwing 10 to 15 passes this game, and we're going to give Kareem 22 carries, and we're going to give Nick 25 carries, you would think it would be the Browns. Could that happen? Should that happen with this football team that runs the ball so well? Or is this okay to have Jacoby throwing the ball at least 27 times every game? I can tell you this, this is not um, what's happening in the way it unfolded right now is not unusual compared to how they planned it because this was actually a conversation I had when I came through in camp. I thought in my mind sort of what you just said. I'm like, you know, how many is this guy going to throw 20 times a game? And when I talked to, to Kevin and, you know, other people in the organization, it was like, no, that's not that's not how we're looking at this at all. Like we feel like it can be – more of a 50-50 run-pass ratio, but they wanted to be guided by the games, you know? Like, they don't – it's not like they're like, hey, we're going into this and we're going to make sure Jacoby throws it 30 times. It's just sort of what presents itself. And um, I'm with you. Like, I I understand the idea of looking at the team and how it's built and being like, okay, hey, like, this this should be a run-heavy team. They've got two top-tier running backs. They – you know, can be a team that, that controls tempo. And I see the same things you do where there are mistakes that get made by Jacoby and it's frustrating. And you're like, man, they have an opportunity. I go back and look at the record and I'm like, okay, well, a couple of these games could have been wins if there's not a, a turnover at a certain point in this game. Um, I, you know, I think they're, they're going to continue to play it the way that they planned all along, which is, it can be a 50, 50 run pass team. Those are, the hardest generally to defend against when they're balanced. And if the game flow dictates it, that's, that's what they're going to stick to. But I'll say this, I understand why people look at it and and say, why aren't we more of a run heavy team and and play to our strengths. And, but I also agree with you. I I think Jacoby's been better than Mm -hmm. on balance, other than some moments that clearly you'd like to take back on balance. He's been pretty good. Um, and I and I agree more now than I did in training camp when I asked, like, hey, if Jacoby's got to be a guy who's out there 
you know, I, I came through before it was the 11 games. I said, it's got to be seven, eight, nine games, 10 games, whatever. Do you think you can stay competitive? They truly believed that they could be somewhere near, you know, competitive over that entire expanse. Now seeing it, I actually think they're right. I, he's played better than I expected in a sustained role, although, you know, the mistakes have hurt and they've cost them some games. Charles, as always, we always appreciate your time, and we're always reading what you have. Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer Charles Robinson. Get on there now. He's got a story about Deshaun Watson on Yahoo Sports right now, too. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Talk to you soon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.